0: Rest, recover, rise with 4.5 CBD oil, the world's first certified 0% THC CBD oil. Hi, I'm Jeremy Flores,
1: and you're listening to Paul Evans and Ben Mundy's podcast. Actually, I'm not too sure if you should listen to Ben Mundy.
0: I actually got up early, got some whores this morning.
1: Photographers are made me look, I wouldn't say attractive, but uh, not as unattractive as usual.
0: It's almost as if these guys have never heard of Alex Nost, like slide your foot forward, man. Pretty much the best explanation
1: of surfing that I think I've ever heard.
0: Welcome to it's not the length podcast episode nineteen. I'm Paul Evans and I'm Ben Mundy. Hello, Ben Mundy.
1: How are you going? I'm well, thanks, Paul. Yeah, great to be here. First time I think in six months I've been home alone, Paul. It's uh, it's quite exciting.
0: It's been a great summer, Ben. Looking back, how do you how do you reflect on your summer? Did you did you did you ride as much water as you would have hoped? Did it meet your expectations? Have you emerged? Do you feel? Have you changed? It's been
1: all right. It's all right, mate. Yeah, we just, um, obviously, just I've got some silence in the room. The kids are back at school. Um, I've just had a coffee. I just had some of Andy Crier's um, granola, Um, my new favorite professional surfer, the, uh, the Spanish Frenchman. Um, very handsome, strong style, and yeah, he makes his own um, bee nuts, it's called. So I've had some of that. I'm pretty full. Had a good summer, yes, Paul. I was down your neck of the woods, uh, your old neck of the woods, your hunting grounds on the south coast of Devon for a week. We had 30-degree weather. We didn't get many waves, but I was sort of pushing the kids on the waves every single day. We floated down. One day we floated down the River Avon. Mm, nice. Bad down on, the, on, the, on the outgoing tide pushed us down on sort of inflatable paddle boards and boogie boards and we jumped off some jetties and that takes us to Bantham Beach where we hopped out the beach and had some fun waves, could walk out to Burg Island. Yeah, I was thinking about you and you used to sort of haunt those little coves down there, no doubt, sort of smuggled yourself down that part of the world. So that was good. And uh, now I'm just sort of selling back into the, the prime time of European sort of surf season, isn't it, Paul?
0: My my dream summer came to an end just over a week ago. had that one month, didn't I, in the van with me and the dog, two boards, no kids or wife. Living the dream at days I think I surfed every day except one. <laughs> I surfed more than ever in my whole life and I didn't go further for about two weeks i didn't go further south than Espano or further north than the Penal market because there's a, there's a curry truck now or there was at Le penal market so that's probably about 2k north or south i went about 400 meters east inland i went about 200 meters west sort of paddling out to surf that roping long double up left at the board end there but um a great time a great time was had it was um it was awesome but a wicked summer i um, Slept in the van with the sliding door open. I slept basically slept nude. It was really hot, so sliding door open. The dog was on the floor, and I was just starfish nude on the bed. Slept until nine am most mornings. Didn't get fined by the cops. As those other people did. It was wicked, um, but all, all good things sort of it's come to an end. I'm back home now, mate.
1: Sort of reminds me. Sort of mixing up the lifestyles of the, the Carl Williams and the, and the Mark Phipps, kind of the amalgamation of the Bourdain's dream.
0: Yeah, and I kind of, I sort of got that instant local status at board and so just somewhere that I only really, don't go that much anymore, but I was getting free coffees on the beach caban. I was sort of, when it was really small, I was sauntering down and borrowing Johan's glider. It's this, this Josh Hall glider from the surf school there on the beach, did not it? I didn't have to bother with sort of carrying the longboard over the dune. That's a bit of a ball ache in it. I just Mine was just sort of waiting at the water's edge for me. So yeah, I sort of, yeah, I probably, I'd probably call it legend status. I'd say that's good. Mm, yeah, would I talked someone about after a serve, the the woman that comes, out, like, boom, G- you went to coffee? I'm like, yeah, actually, um, yeah, double espresso, please. Obviously, it's not, yeah, I'm not gonna pay for it. I'm in mean, my body's just, just, Yeah, sweet. No, good, good time, mate. But yeah, back in school now. Um, still nice and sunny down here in France. The waves are good. Would you believe it, Ben? Heidi Evans has going fucking surfing with her surf. One of the mums from school, her surf buddy. I'm working, talking to you. So she's shredding right now at Stanio. What a world! What a mixed-up, mad, mad world. Working, as we all know, in the most loosely
1: defined of terms, I would say.
0: Um, I did a husband and wife surf lesson yesterday. Potential, a potential minefield. Uh, some people get it wrong. I didn't. So, Heidi and I went, she might go for a surface yesterday at Santosh. I took the swim fins. Um, and the way we avoided any possible marital tension was I banned her from talking. So she was like really tired and just padding like exhausted, And I was just like, and then she'd go, oh, that way. Right. I go, shh, shh, Austin Powers style. And I was just like, you just got to save your breath for shredding. Like, don't talk, just internalize. We'll do the full debrief afterwards. So there was no there was no sort of arguing or whatever, because she just wasn't allowed to talk.
1: Well, I, I don't think in, in in the current climate that's that's the appropriate way to um, resolve your difficulties, Paul. But did you do the um the classic two-board carry-down, like you at the um Heidi at the front and you at the back carrying two boards?
0: No, because I just classic, took swim fins. The, the lover's leap. that I took I took swim fins, she had the seven-two epoxy whatever it is far east quicksilver board and today i did the school run and she was on youtube uh youtube being how to wax a board i bought her two blocks of quick hunts Obs from the board rider store last night and she youtubed how to wax a board and when i got back she's all stoked with her wax job crisscross then circles she did crisscross i said give me that fucking thing just fucking rubbed it on so you do it like that don't don't overthink it babe but um yeah, it just gives a bit of insight into sort of the other side of the surf story—people who have to YouTube how to wax and stuff like that. But yeah, she's um, she's out there right now, probably. Um, well, I'd like to think she's smoking. Her friend uh, Alexandre from one of the other mums from school. I said, just remember, it's not about fun; it's about smashing whoever you go surfing with into the sand face first. Isn't it? That's what surfing's all about then. Yeah, what's well, still nice and warm, dude? Probably 23. Crystal clear. Lots of dolphins out there. Yesterday. Do you, do you want to know what's happening in forage news?
1: Um, I've got a feeling that I'm about to hear about it. Yeah.
0: So been the, the wild grapes are finished. There's a little wild grape spot down in the forest where there's just a, an area of loads of vines. These delicious. They've got seeds in, but delicious wild grapes. That finished, and then there's a, about a week before the last of the grapes and the start of the hawthorns, but I actually got up early and got some haws, as they're known, H-A-W, not the other. Rude. Well, got some haws this morning to make a tincture with, so that's what's going on in forage news, mate. We haven't had any rain for, it was like about a year, so no mushrooms yet but as soon as we get the first pitter-patter of rain I think it's going to be a good shroom season as well so a lot of foraging going on I think our job sort of forage more through the surf years. Well, I've been I've been chatting to some of the some of the European greats obviously I went out to see Joanne Douroux and Maud Le Car the other day had a little chat with them about the um, about the events coming up they didn't they didn't seem to know a whole lot about them one of the questions is what do you think about the format like what, what format? <laughs> um, but yeah and Joanne De Fay, I'm going to meet her tomorrow and Jeremy Flores hasn't replied to my WhatsApp yet but I'm still hopeful you know I normally like to wait a 48 hour little buffer before he gets back a lot, he's got a lot going on right now. Are you excited about getting down for Anglet? We're going to be tested and we're going to be holed up in a hotel, room, I think, just ordering room service.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm so excited, Paul. I'm actually trying to keep a lid on it, just how excited I am. But um, yeah, we're going to get there, get in, in our little enforced bubble, sort of a la,
0: you know, most of the um, elite sort of footballers. Well, not all of them, Monday, not Phil Foden and what's the other one called, Place of Man United. Paul, if we
1: get any messages on Snapchat from 20-year-old Icelandic women wanting to come to the hotel, I'm telling you, it's a no. I put COVID-19 restrictions far above such things and I will not do that on principle. And I don't care what I know, I
0: know you might be different, I've got a stance on that and I will not break it. In other news, mate, there's a brand new issue of Wavelength uh, very much in the works. It's going to drop fairly soon this autumn. Um, I can share with the listener that editor Luke Gartside is working on a 20,000-word profile of an underground Canarian sort of legend on the scene. Um, The theme is unsung or unseen. I had a chat with our old mate Mikey Oblowitz the other night about the Sunny movie, which is um, Sunny Garcia movie. It's been about 12 years in the making, uh, not, not quite finished, uh, obviously due to sort of recent events. Um, he's hoping to wrap that up soon, but I had a good chat with him. He even sent me a bit of music, which I think we're going to listen to. Um, who knew old Oblowitz is a bit of a he's a bit of a virtuoso in the recording studio, so he's actually sent a track over. It's really
1: good. Rasping out those those heavy blues uh, in his little down in
0: LA. So, yeah, I did know he was a is it about- musician. Coquina all day. Have you heard that one? Uh, elsewhere, Mandy, have you seen Cobra Kai on Netflix?
1: I haven't, but I've been sort of slowly trying to get my um, son Kip into the original Karate Kid movie, and I thought I need mm. to get back there, get back to my roots before I move on well, to Cobra
0: Kai. Is when, he, he's still a prick, right? No, 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 no. Okay. Johnny Lawrence is a hero. Daniel LaRusso is a dick. But the real significant thing is I thought it before, I made an, I went early on my call. Surfing lookalikes, as you know, is one of my sort of strong suits. I did quite a, a strong run on the Savile likes, which was quite controversial. I did get a few complaining. Andrew Cotton got in touch and complained on the surfing of Instagram when I did the Savile likes. I did Ozzy Aussie Alex Nost, and Dane Godowskis, all with sort of similar Jimmy Savile kind of haircuts. And Anyway, controversial, I know. But, yeah, I made a call a long time ago about Ross Williams' really looking like um, Johnny Lawrence from mm. Karate Kid. I mean, it, these days, so now, 30 years on, Johnny Lawrence looks more like Ross Williams than Ross Williams. It's unbelievable. they got got like, exactly the same eyes. They slightly sort of look like slightly itchy-looking eyes when they squint a bit. And if Johnny Lawrence was wearing like a long-sleeve, billabong, sort of purple rashi with the tube suit over the top, which is... Yeah, in fairness to Williams, he nailed that look as his own. The long sleeve Rashi with the short John. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think either of their parents would be, able to, would be able to tell them apart. But brilliant. Um, two, the first series is a good, second series less. Uh, Daniel LaRusso is a twat. And go Cobra Kai. Strike first, strike hard. The enemy deserves no mercy.
1: Yeah, the big wave awards. Well, I mean,. Surprise, surprise! There wasn't many surprises there, was there, Paul? Our mate, Kyle Lenny, Justine Dupont, your friend of the pod, both took out sort of the big prizes, well, the big wave awards. So, not, yeah, not, not too much there. But it did, um, sort of, it had me hankering for Nazaré. It had me sort of, sort of our sort of spiritual commentary home, really, in many respects. I'm just well, I
0: sort of want to go back there and see what's going on. Well, dude, the waiting pit opens in about five weeks, so we, I think we're going to be back on there sooner rather than later. In fact, I'm. I wouldn't be that surprised if they try and squeeze in the press conference when we're down in Portugal for the for the World Surf League countdown series, Euro Cup of Surfing. Just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Two events the two events that we talked about coming up. One in Anglet, one mobile, and in Portugal. But yeah, I think Nazareth will be on soon, mate. So um Get ready, hold your breath, do some training. What is the format for those events, It's 12 of Europe and Brazil's best surfers, although I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here, but only Italo's coming. I mean, I say only Italo, we've got the world champ, but Medina... That's massive news. It's massive news, but Medina and Toledo and all, all those guys weren't into it. Jordi Smith, I don't think, is into it, but they were invited. But, um, so we've got the best of the Euros plus the best <laughs> surfer in the world of the, the reigning world champion Food Fudeda women's side of the draw yeah well I mentioned Joanne Faye top seed she's she's coming up so so yeah short event should, should all be over and done within one day for for France I think we've got two days in Portugal so a nice concise distilled surfing tournament elsewhere in Surf News Monday Shakira uh, the Wave Garden Cove Shaq over there with Gerard Piquet her hubby Barcelona centre half um, yeah, I was, I've been, been doing a little project with, with Higo, Andy Higgins. He's been trying to get him to edit some some clips that he shot and I called him the other day and he went, Paul, can I call you back? I'm shooting Shakira. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Jack and you could just it Hang on. And then I heard like, <laughs> putting the sort of phone down, camera. Yeah, and he was, he was shooting Shakira at the at the Wave Garden. So old Shaq. And apparently he reckons she rings him every day. She went to the Maldives uh, on a surf trip straight away afterwards. But he reckons she... He, she she calls him or texts him every day. Go on, here goes so he's got he's got a new
2: BFF. Oh, no. Okay,
0: Mandy, shall we get into good bads? It's our little look around the surf world. Things we like, things we didn't like so much. First of all, cheer us up. What have you got that's, that's what I liked?
1: I've had a bit of a um a bit of a love in. Uh, well, I mean, it's a re-establishment of a long, a long-held sort of respect for, um, for our good old mate, friend of the pod, Mick Eugene Fanning. I think Mick Fanning's on a bit of a, um, a little bit of a sweet spot at the moment. Um, obviously, you may have seen the new search video that came out that Vaughn Blakey did, which I thought was quite fun. One of the sort of few movies where they actually sort of get the tone right and the actual non-surfing bits were just, just about entertaining enough to, to uh, keep you occupied. And Mick was ripping. He's had um, obviously a year out so maybe that helps. But just sort of, you know, like with Tom Curran was sort of post sort of uh, CT career and he just had a year where he was sort of riding new boards and finding himself and surfing to his own kind of criteria. And I just think Mick's in that little sweet zone where he's still World class, not old enough to for those powers to fade, but still right on the money. And he just made all all those guys in that film like all the CT guys just look sort of a bit pedestrian. I thought, and um, he seems happy with his life. He might get a um, he's not he's not completely uh, off the hook. He's he might get a little start in the social media police segment later on sort of surfing the way surfing just um I think he's in a little sweet spot might last about six months so good on you Mick Paul mm. you got
0: anything else? I've got something really good he's called Jeff Lawton um, I listened to a really good interview with Jeff Lawton on Rasta's pod so Rasta and his his wife Lauren Hill do the Water People podcast and Jeff Lawton is a bit, bit of a hero of mine um was on there like two episodes ago He's like a permaculture designer. who's done like, quite a lot of stuff with Rasta, actually. But um, I didn't know he was a Brit originally. I just thought he was a pure Aussie. Like, obviously, the, the founders of permaculture were Australians in the 70s um, Bill Mollison and Dave Holmgren. But um, he, he studied with those two. But I think just by his accent, he's originally from Britain, but i uh, been over there decades. I think he, he gave a description of surfing, which I'm, I'm going to play. We're going to listen to it. But it's gone straight into my top three sort of greatest ever. Uh, descriptions of, of the act of, of surfing. Really, really good. Um, it's gone in at number three. Um, obviously, number one, we've got
2: the opening from free Freeride. Sport, art form, lifestyle. Surfing is each of these things, and its best, all of them. The surfer blends his desire to live in harmony with the ocean with his instinct to master its waves. But also, an ocean that rushes on indifferently, he rides its colossal power. You
0: can master the ride, the ocean. Number one, the opening gambit from Free Ride. Uh, number two is is Martin. is Martin Daly. Martin Martin Daly's little description in in Sea of Darkness actually, yeah, I think it gives a really good, really speaks really well in that in that doco, and um, gives a really good description of surfing there.
2: Surfing is an addiction, and. It's a bit like a sexual addiction almost, you know, where you've got to get it all the time and you can't own it and you get ahead of it and you've got to work really hard to get another one and you can't dictate terms. It's really good surfing. I think it is that fact you can't own it.
0: Hi, Mandy, and then straight in at number three. Listen to this just a beautiful description of surfing by Jeff Lord. Harmonic patterns are formed by pressure between two media. That's all there is.
1: As surfers, we kind of understand that because we see pressure in storms that create spirals, that create pressure between air and water, of chaos. Oversupply anything with energy
0: that can't be put to harmonic or productive use, it goes into chaos. But then as that energy is absorbed, it becomes swell lines. When that energy travels across an ocean
1: and rubs up against another media, the coastline or a reef, and the wind is now opposing it brings up the spiral shape again it brings up this form well
0: on top of you just pretty much giving the best explanation of surfing that I think I've ever heard so (laughs) Lawton I wasn't expecting that you know I thought they were going to talk quite a bit about vegetables and the sort of temperate Byron Bay sort of climate but uh, impressive from Lawton mystical man yeah yeah Um, and just I'll share this good I'll award the joint good with with David Rastovich, who is a really good host on the pod. I think he's a natural, but I'm going to go as far as to say he might he might have had the most impressive sort of career of anybody in the whole history of surfing. It's a big call, but if you look at the stuff that he's done, how ahead of his time he was. Like in the 2000s, everyone was wearing like baggy clown shit and like giant logos. And remember when people were wearing like NBA team board shorts? Just looked like fucking idiots and people were sort of heckling Rasta for being into dolphins and stuff like that now the whole kind of world is sort of come around to his sort of way of thinking and just the shit that he's done like sailing the coast of Australia for cetaceans making that documentary in Japan about you know the, the dolphin massacre I mean he hasn't sort of wavered with his environmental message and it it sort of rings truer today than it ever did but other than that just think as a surfer like it's unbelievable. I, would, I would, you talked about Mick. I would say he's as good as Mick and Joel. Like he's in that sort of category. Like unbelievable. Absolutely agree. So I'm lucky enough to do a few
1: boat trips with Rasta around that time you're talking about, like 2002, 2003, and I saw him like a massive bower and an asu, and he was on those fishes. Then he was. No one was on those boards. And not only was he on those boards, he was obviously just. The best cheer riding I've ever seen in my life and we've both been lucky enough to see all those best guys and he was the best surfer right? yeah he was easy at Parko's level, he was that good, he was that talented, he was riding boards that no one was on and he was getting so much stick for it so much grief and he always handled that grief I thought really well, he was always calm he was always totally committed he knew what he was on he knew himself and he dealt with the environmental issues, there was always a bit of a hypocrisy being a a professional surfer but he always managed to, to to get that argument across you know you don't have to be one or the other and yeah I, I agree and it's I think it's getting the respect he deserves but I yeah and he's just, he's actually one of those rare things he's quite an intelligent professional surfer so um, yeah, yeah big
0: ups to Rasta <laughs> or no to Dave as he likes to be called sorry just in terms of like what he's actually done his career I think history will look back and he'll probably be lauded on a much higher sort of level than than he currently is it's just it's just unbelievable i mean he's really good on the podcast he's like a really good host which I mean, man, I mean. isn't easy is it hosting <laughs> the pod true story i was actually making a mung bean curry yesterday and the phone went i was like, it's probably dave he's probably just sent something in the, in the in the mung bean sort of force field uh loves a mung bean loves a twin fucking unbelievable surfer and a human what a guy ben what else have he got?
1: Speaking of all those things, you know what I usually like to big up myself on this podcast, Paul? I sort of leave that, that's, I figure that's your domain,
0: that's your kind of... Well, to be honest, you don't yeah. normally have much to necessarily kind of trumpet about, but yeah, go on.
1: Uh, yeah, I just like to keep, you know, myself to myself <laughs> to a degree, but no, I just think the last, I've been in the purple patch, Paul, I've just sort of riding the internet wave so much, <sighs> you know, I... Um, sure you know I, there was a little series i helped produce on the um on the wsl about the the, the, the pro on glad so one of the well, you defining of, events you defining professional surfing events of all time yeah. the five part series they all haven't come out no doubt you've seen the first episode and you're waiting on tender hooks for the, for the rest um so it's like yeah i was i, I enjoyed that I, I was on a podcast with um my good friend and ours, um, mm. Matt Barth, which Your yeah. name came up quite quite heavily, and that garnered a little bit of interest around the, our small little niche in the surfing world. Mm. Uh, most of it, how the photographer, our friend Owen Tozer, made me look uh, not I wouldn't say attractive, but uh, not as unattractive as usual. That was the main gist of that. But just thought that there was a um, bit of an upswell. I got a lot of sort of comments, you know, per, you know, just good. A bit a positive feedback. Which well, is always nice to hear Paul.
0: Could I would you like me to balance some of that positive feedback? With, with, of course. I mean, it's I'm hesitant to sort of wade in on a, on another man's podcast, obviously. Uh but yeah, I, I I listened to to parts, I kind of skipped listen, so I didn't listen all the way through, but I, I did have a skip through. Um I, my, one, like, my one takeaway, I would say, Monday, is I, I'd possibly say that the, maybe the Monday biography isn't the most, sort of, the most entertaining sort of facet of the Monday oeuvre. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of talk about where you used to live and then you move there. Just like Australian bloke moves to London isn't really like a, not really a story, is it? Like, I mean, I was waiting for where's I'm the... Sure. Where's the jet ski incident in the Maldives where you were making love on a sled on a jet ski where there'd been a dead body um, hours before, unbeknownst, I think, to your your, part, your 100% consensual partner. And I should just add, this is obviously a long time before is in a stable, loving marriage and relationship. Where's the Nokia Challenge chat or even the Thompson Challenge? Where was Albie Leah throwing your 2001 Nokia over the Café de Paris? Where was the chat about the beef with gigsilias? Gigillius, former World Surfer League commentator, who since I mean, conspiracy theorists amongst you may have noticed that he's disappeared off the face of the webcast ever since the Monday beef. Where where was the Azores incident, um, also known as Furnace Gate, Furnace Gate, where he publicly humiliated the 17th in line to the Portuguese royal family in front of the Minister for Trade and Tourism, and got a three year Azores ban, which Evans used his considerable Sort of influence uh, to move heaven and earth, and, and getting you another shot. Where was that chat, man? I would have, I would have liked some of those insights rather than your your sort of biography as such. But that's you know, it's just my own, just my own feedback. Knowing you as a dude, mate. I mean, all those, all those things. I mean, that's
1: just a skimming of when you've been around me, Paul. I mean, you know, I mean, that's just a minor. I mean, you can't fit every. Every anecdote of a, of a hugely impressive and colourful, entertaining life into to ninety minutes, but um, maybe maybe part two we can um, you know if you'd like to maybe you could be my biographer and we could you know we could do an, a side a side cast and touch on those, some of the more risque elements. Let, let's say
0: it'd be like one of those radio shows where there's an interview, but another presenter from the station is in his car in traffic and he's incensed and he calls in. And that'll be me. And I'll be ringing in. I'll just be like, whoa, whoa, guys, guys, guys. Think we're heading about down. this. Yeah, we're going in the wrong direction here. Here's what asking we Ask really him
1: about want the fingering after a dead man died. Ask him about that. Good for you, Mandy. Um, yeah, more power to you.
0: I, you know. Thanks, that's, Paul. That's I great. Paul. Yeah. What have you got? That is... My next good is also a question, Ben. Is pro surfing irrelevant? Discuss. Answer. Yes. Um, there's no pro surfing. It's 2020. It's all off. There's no tour. There's no nothing. It's all canceled. Guess what, Ben? been the busiest fucking year ever in the sea. It's been so busy around here. All the surf shops have sold out of everything. You can't buy a catch surf. they sold so many catch surfs that the US had to like get a container ship to turn around in the Atlantic and like, send it over to California. Some shops told me that they tried to order some just some stocky, like some shop stock boards, like some unlagled. Now, all the shapers around here are like, sorry, we're full. Like the surf schools are booked out. People are trying to book surf lessons. They're like, oh, if you you come down the beach three weeks on Thursday and just wait next to the hut, like if someone doesn't show up, you might be able to get in. It's been the busiest ever. Um, And I guess the obvious takeaway from that is – just how relevant pro surfing is it just goes to show it's just it has no is there another sport where there's such well there's no link between participation and the kind of professional side of the sport maybe fishing I suppose if fishing is a sport I don't know if anyone knows who the the fishing world champion is but I, I don't think there's another one there's another sport really like it I mean imagine if you played club cricket it's inconceivable that you wouldn't know sort of Virat Kohli or Jimmy Anderson was or if you ran track athletics as I did for Reading Athletic Club. trained at uh, Palmer Park on Thursday nights with Chris Acabusi. Um imagine that you just wouldn't watch Usain Bolt's sort of 100 metres it, like, it wouldn't happen but um, mm. yeah your thoughts Ben no, no professional surfing no contest and yet surfing more popular than ever do we need them do we need the Wazzle Mundi um, answer no yes,
1: most definitely I do yeah without <laughs> a doubt um, I think you, I think there's been an upsurge. I think it's pandemic related in that, and it's true because I bought a surf like a little phone board for Kip for his birthday over here in England, and I bought it online and I was to pick it up next week and pay for it. And I went down, and he said, and the guy said I could have sold this like 20 times today. It's the last one in the shop, and people saw it and just offering me more money than the price. So I get you. I just think people are, are stuck where they are and especially over holiday season have to come up with things to do around their own little world and if they live near the beach then sur- you know surfing's one of those things so i think it's sort of a that whole staycation that whole sticking to your, you know your local things has helped i think there's still surfing is weird in that even though there's no competition there's still so much surf action going on so i think all those guys are watching and which might be your point, but they're watching Ital- Italo Ferrero on Instagram, on Facebook. He's, he's dropping clips every day, isn't he, like doing something crazy. So I think there's still access to those elite level athletes that surfers kind of get off on.
0: But I don't know how much
1: that influences whether they go and get a surf lesson or not.
0: I think the places where there's a strong link, like Australia maybe, are the outliers. But in general, the, the broader world, like in California there's people that work in like, you know, women that work as waitresses in restaurants by the, just so they can live by the coast and surf. That's like, that's literally, and they would, they would have no idea who the top 10 is on the, on the women's CT. Like just, it has nothing to do with like going surfing. And I think that could only really be a good thing. Like I hasn't, just, it always, hasn't that always been the case? Yeah, I mean, it has, but we've never really had any, there's always been, you know, the surfing keeps growing and so is sort of the tour. So it's been real hard to kind of go on. It's a bit like when the surf brands are doing well and everyone in the marketing department thought they were geniuses because they were selling double of last year until it all went wrong and it all got sacked and realized they're actually making terrible choices. But, I mean, you know, there's obviously correlation and causation aren't saying anything. Any statistician will tell you that. But I just think that's kind of refreshing because ultimately the professional side of it is cool if that's what you're into it's just another sport thing to watch and you know could, could really be anything but the actual sort of immersive act of going surfing is robust enough and amazing and sort of beautiful enough on its own and, and who cares whether this Brazilian guy beat that guy on the other side of the world if you care about it that's great but if you don't it doesn't affect the way your next sort of four foot left hand is going to come at you and you're going to be hooting your friends all right that'll do it for part one coming up in part two we're gonna quiz monday in a brand new segment called wsl versus wsl we're also gonna see the return of the social media police who really should be reminded that they do have the right to remain silent. We've also got a musical interlude. It's from Lone Wolf and the Pandemic Music, a.k.a. Mike Oblowitz, director, producer from over there in L.A., the man that brought you heavy water and sea of darkness. Speaking of him, it's got a feature coming up in the next issue, a wavelength that I'm writing um, about the Sonny Garcia movie that's been about 10 years in the works speaking of the next issue that is wavelength number 259 It's coming out end of october so coming out this autumn brand new issue of wavelength magazine don't forget to jump on the site check out the subscriptions offers some fantastic offers therefore subscribers get two premium print editions of the mag plus very special subscriptions gifts so new issue coming together nicely unseen unsung is the theme for that one Also, just want to give a shout out to everybody that came along to Drive-In Cinema this summer. Drive-In Cinema on the clifftops of Cornwall down there at Watergate Bay. Literally had thousands in throughout the summer. Really good time. Super cool to hang out with the Wavelength community. And a little bit of a heads up for next year, given the success of that festival running in a beautiful venue there just outside of Newquay. I can tell you, coming up in the end of May next year, the wavelength beach burn so something in the works we're working on right now it's going to be a festival of all things to do with surfing a little bit of motorcycle as well so if you're into that kind of thing wavelength beach burn coming up at the end of may 2021 all right let's get into part two Ah, ben hmm what have we got this bad um oh
1: i mean this is a touch of the bad my um Good old mate Jade Red Dog Wheatley. He lost his leg the other day. Um, he's, he's he's prosthetic leg. That is. Uh, he's a uh, one of Australia's sort of best um, uh, para surfers. He lost his lost his both his legs in a um, construction injury about ten years ago. And he um, he comes from my local town. And he just he he surfs on his knees, sort of goofy style, and he yaps, charges, big waves. He's a, he's a legend. But, yeah, he was out paddleboarding because of the surface flat and he lost his leg. And Anyway, so that's bad. They're still looking for it. And um, it's not the end of the world. He'll get another one. But I just felt, I felt a bit bad for him. But his interview on the local radio, which we might play the audio of now, uh, just it got me a little tickle. I thought I'd quite enjoyed the pure... Aussiness of it all, and uh, just showed what a, what a legend Red Dog is, so I might have listened to that. G'day, Jade, how are you going? G'day, mate, how are you? Yeah, Things you have to do to get on the radio, huh?
2: <laughs> mate, we've, <laughs> we've been monitoring your social channels. Gee, the lads are having yeah. a real lend of you, aren't they?
1: Yeah. <laughs> One bloke out, uh, yeah, they're funny buggers. One bloke um, was saying there'd be an octopus out there looking for the other seven. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I bet they don't come cheap either do they all prosthetic leg.
1: no exactly so uh, they're all out, they're still out there looking they're all diving all his mates are sort of looking for this leg and um, hopefully he'll get it back but um, uh, yeah as you can tell from the interview he's he's got a pretty level head about it but yeah n- n- not good not good to lose a leg Paul what have you got that's
0: yeah there's a couple of things uh, my knee there's i I've been doing some uh, bit of bit of running along the shoreline and a little bit of naked body womping of of a morning and the amount of masks face masks that are sort of strewn around on the high tide area I've picked a few up but I mean it's like come on you know you see a bit of plastic and you think oh maybe it's still there from 82 when we didn't know about this stuff but like you know we do know that these masks it's this summer basically and someone's just it's ended up we don't know how it's got there maybe they've left it on the beach maybe it's blown away but like Come on, we need to do we need to do better than that. If you if you go somewhere with your mask, you know if you're leaving without it, because you're sort of not allowed to. So that's been yeah, it's been getting me down a bit. And I hate to sort of revisit a tired old trope, but like the fucking vehicles everyone's driving around here in, you know, In Cap breton town centre, it's a sixteenth century sort of it's it's a sort of medieval village set people driving massive SUVs. They've even started driving now. There's like Hawaiian, there's giant pickups with the wheels that come to sort of like your forehead height, just ridiculous. Like that's come on guys. You're not in Kauai now. Like over there, it sort of kind of fits in, but like just driving along a sort of perfect bit of tarmac in Southwest France. And yeah, that's sort of, you know, getting me down a bit. I'm just thinking, God, humans are shit. Um, so a bit of that and my other bad, I'll just squeeze it in now. It's, it's surf technique related and it's to do with fingering the board or specifically people that put their hand down and only really goofies do this. I think, I don't think I've seen a regular foot do it, but there's a couple of guys, two guys in particular that do it and it's never ceases to piss me off. Actually, I hadn't seen this one guy for a couple of years and I'd forgotten about it. And I saw him the other day and I was like, that's right. He does that when the wave goes a bit soft and you have to like kind of fade back a bit you know some people do the hop up and down which you know not great but I guess it's kind of functional you need to but have you seen those dudes who like lean forward and put their front hand down on sort of the string and near the nose almost like they're trying to push the nose down it's so shit uh, I don't know why it annoys you so much but really really gets my goat on a on a physics
1: movement level is it would it help
0: I suppose you're trying to get your weight forward. I mean, it's almost as if these guys have never heard of Alex Nost. Like slide your fucking foot forward, man. Why are you putting your fingers on the nose of the board? Do a little fruity, get that front foot up on the nose, do a little cheat to five, even if you're on your short board. Like it's freaking when has anyone ever not smiled when someone's done a little sort of cheat to five thing? I'm just just like, oh, it's that's how you get your weight forward, isn't it? You know, put your fucking fingers down on the street. So weird and shit. Um, Yeah, I don't like it, Ben. I don't like it at all. And you know, if anyone out there is doing it, it's um, it's time to change.
1: Kind of, it's it's on a similar kind of level. I recently watched. Some popped up and it was like Joel Tudor, and it was like at Malibu, and it was like Joel Tudor rides two minutes of magic at Malibu, and. He just, just gets a wave, basically, and it's a good wave, and he rides for two minutes. And I just watched and I went, what? I mean, if this is the best fucking guy in the world that's ever ridden a longboard in the history of fucking longboarding, and this is the most stylish, best example, and it's a perfect longboarding wave, and I just watched it for two minutes and I could see that. It, was just, it left me so nonplussed. Initially, I was nonplussed, and then I got angry. I was like, if, that, if, that, if that's it, if this is the pinnacle of what these, this is, I mean, I don't, yeah, go for it, do it, enjoy it, love it. Why film it and why caption it as some, this piece of genius or artistry? It was shit house ball. It really I got know. my fucking go. And I know this is your bag. I know you're one of the world's longboarding commentators of all time, but
0: yeah, seriously, yeah. is that yeah. it? Mm. um he yeah there he might be one of the top turns it might be one of the most overrated surfers of all time i would say on that i'm not saying what he's doing isn't as great as everyone is but i just can't see it like i'm just it's a bit like when you watch like a catwalk fashion show (laughs) and you see something and it leaves you cold i can't say that that isn't like Really good garment where there's some wire and it you look like Mozart, but whatever. And the trousers finished sort of on the knees, but I just like I I doesn't I doesn't touch me. I can't can't it doesn't register. So sort of thing. I'd probably say the same thing about Tudors. I do wonder what exactly is the particular sort of good part about it because the whole sort of style thing is a very subjective argument anyway. And does that just mean like not not doing anything, standing there? don't know um, you would think style has probably got a bit combination of slightly more dynamic stuff and you know maybe in the sort of Tom Curran mould you can kind of it's obvious to see what the sort of stylish aspect is that you're doing something quite dynamic but making it look easy if you literally just stand there <laughs> sort of slightly bow-legged
1: it's just a few cutbacks and some like
0: top turns throw in the neck beard throw in the atrocious spelling uh, the caps lock on Insti. I mean, you throw all these things yeah, in. Throw yeah. in the jujitsu, throw all that in. And I'm not, Paul, I'm not throwing
1: any of that in. I'm okay. literally not including any of that. I'm just watching this wise, <laughs> okay. watching the response and thinking these two are nowhere near where they should be. So anyway, mm. enough negativity. Yeah.
0: And we're And following up on the roaring success of Are You Smarter Than a Smooth Talking, Matt steward?" Uh, which the great and the good of the surf world, including the legendary Matt Warshaw of the Encyclopedia of Surfing, DM'd me to say how much he enjoyed that, and the podcast in general, Big Up Warshaw. Um, following the roaring success of uh, Evans innovating with new quiz-based segments of the show, got another one for you, Mundy um don't want to put you under too much pressure but you know can you turn your sort of recent purple patch on the internet your newfound levels of stardom can you turn it to competitive success it's a brand new quiz it's custom written for ben mundy World well, surf league propaganda mouthpiece it's called wsl or wsl wsl means uh, what does it mean ben The World surf league in my world, Paul. Okay, there's another WSL. It's been around about five years longer than your WSL. It's the Women's Super League. So this is the FA, the Football Association, and that's the women's kind of version of of the Premier League um, in in England. And it's also called the WSL. So I'm going to give you five stats or facts and you just got to tell me, Ben, which one am I talking about? Am I talking about the WSL or am I talking about the WSL? Obviously, there's no financial gain uh, available in WSL or WSL. There's not much financial gain available for being a co-host of It's Not The link Podcast. But um, what we're going to offer is a musical prize, Monday, musical prize. So five questions. So if you get the better of those five, three or more, you're going to choose a song to play out the show with. Um, and if, if, you, if you get two or less, I think I, as the quizmaster master, am going to choose a song. So, first of all, what tune would you like to nominate to play out the show with?
1: Um, I'm going to choose that 1998 sort of classic sort of world music reggae mix of um, Manu Chow and uh, Bongo Bong. Oh, wow, Mandy, you've got something to surprise me there. Fucking hell. So, I mean, you're giving me three out of five. It's, it's, it's sort of made it a bit difficult. But yeah, I'm to hear a bit of a bit Mano Chow.
0: Monday's gone for Mano Chow. And should I, or sorry, should Monday not get his three from five? Should he get less? I'm going to go with some simple minds. And don't you forget about me. Thank you, welcome back. I'm going to go for that that show, Mandy. Are you ready to play? Yep, I've got you, Paul. Okay, five of the best WSL or WSL questions starting now. Which WSL has a whopping 6.5 million Facebook fans? WSL or WSL?
1: 6.5 million Facebook. Um, Both I think popular sports. Surfing's it. popular. Football's popular. I know they've got a big following. I know they've got a couple of million on Instagram. The, the World Surf League. Um, but I think I think the, I think the women's Super League it would have more. Women's Super League. Paul, please lock that
0: in. That's unfortunately incorrect. It's surfing Monday and that's got a doubly hurt really, doesn't it? In your line of work. Um, it's actually surfing. I don't think uh, the women's super league is, is, is as big on, on facey. Um, let's get a question. Number two, WSL or WSL. We're talking the 2019 season for obvious reasons. One of the two, the WSL or the WSL had over a hundred thousand spectators. After the first six events, so when I say events, I could be talking about obviously events, or I could be talking about like, you know, matches, match days, so after just the first six, over 100,000, WSL, or
1: WSL. I'd say that's the Women's Super League, because I know on one of those weekends, they I uh, had double headers where really. there was like 80,000 people that turned up. So they would have easily amassed a hundred grand, even in one weekend, I would say so. And knowing that the world surfing league doesn't attract a huge number of spectators on the beach, I'm going to go to the women's surf league.
0: You're absolutely spot on. Correct. Amundo. It's the women's surf league. It's actually 116,000 after the first six matches. But I thought if I make it too specific. It's going to be obvious. Cause it's quite hard to count right. a beach crowd. Um, yeah. That, I'm not, in, that, in, that includes the four hundred and fifty from the Margaret River Pro, right? <laughs> I'm not even sure that um, the world surf league's had a hundred thousand since it started um, watching it, and certainly none of them are paying, apart from bells. Let's move on to question three. You won from two. You're doing all right. Uh, question number three: There are tw- in the in the WSL or the WSL there are twelve venues making up the next season. So the next season comprises, consists of 12 venues, WSL or WSL <laughs> you know, I mean, if, uh, for the benefit of the listener, there's some anguish on Bundy's face here I mean, he's got fifty
1: four. Well, there's 10 events there's, uh, uh, it's a trick question in that, a lot of the women's and the men's obviously compete at the same event but there is some different ones,
0: a uh, la uh, Maui and chopu no, not anymore, uh-huh. Mandy. No, I'll just give you a little clue there. Women are Chopo aren't they? Next year. So I thought I would have thought you knew that, but, um, yeah, but this is now I'm coming to the next the next season coming up. So the one that's the about next... to start, a pipe, etc., starts a pipe in December or does it? Because the Aussies aren't. So that, or how
1: many teams? So the question is, how many teams in WSL is there? Twelve Basically, or is there that's...
0: more? You've, you've um, got the yeah. nub. You've got the nub of the question there, haven't you? You're, you're on it. I don't
1: think there's two. There's ten events. WSL, know,
2: WSL.
1: WSL, Women's uh, and I only have the World Surfing League.
0: It's unfortunately it's the footy. There's twelve teams. There's twelve stadia in the Women's Super League. I think it's ten on the men's tour. Ten stops plus Honolulu, so eleven for the women. So Mandy, unfortunately, in 2019, a three-year sponsorship deal was signed for the WSL to the tune of 14 million dollars now i put it in dollars because I didn't want to give any fame by saying pounds it would be quite obvious I've you know have I done a conversion it's around about the 14 million dollar mark a three year deal sponsorship WSL or WSL <laughs> I don't
1: remember any 14 million dollar deal that was signed um surfing and if it was I don't think it was publicly announced so in this case I'm going to go to the um, World uh,
0: sorry the, the Women's Super League since he's gone for footy. He's correct. He's two from two and he's he's got a chance of here really bringing this home. He's set it up beautifully. I don't know how much CBD oil paying, but it ain't $14 million, no, they, they. That's actually incorrect. They did a deal with Facebook for $20 million, a five-year deal uh, with Facebook back in 2014. But anyway, this is football. You're two from four. Okay. Question number five. In 2018, a, an executive from WSL made an announcement stating this is a huge step forward in our long-planned strategy to elevate women's sport. Ben Mundy, was that the WSL or was it the WSL?
1: Well, they both could have done that. I'd imagine. Well, obviously.
0: Otherwise, it would be a shit question.
1: It's a pretty standard thing to say if you're head of a, a major sporting body. But I think they may be referring to the equal pay Announcement. So I'm going to go to World Surfing League on that one, unless it's a trick question.
0: <laughs> Monday brings it home. Correct, Amundo. It was Sophie Goldschmidt talking about the equal pay in 2018. He knows it's WSL from his WSL. Three out of five. Highly respectable. I mean, in theory, each one you had a 50 50 shot. The world's easiest multiple choice. But yeah, good job, Monday. Well done. Get your trousers on. You're nicked. silent DCI evans social media
1: branch constable monday reporting for duty you're naked
0: oh. get your trousers on there's been a lot of talk about law enforcement you know whether we're talking about trump sending in the national guard whether we're talking about defunding the police. Fortunately, there's been no talk about defunding the social media <laughs> branches. DCI Evans, it's Special Constable Monday. You've got a charge seat as long as you've bodged up. Um, you've been feeling collars. Longer. Much longer. You've been kicking in doors, dawn raids. You've been wielding your truncheon You've been using cable ties instead of handcuffs you've been making that many arrests. You've been kettling. All that sort of stuff. What have you got, What's, uh, who's Who's been arrested? Well, Paul, it's, it's, just,
1: it's been rife out there. I mean, the, the world's gone mad, clearly, um, and there's been some serial offenders. Um, speaking of um, sort of the police issue, that's not a bad segue because I did see one of uh, – also, a, I would say, a repeat offender. Lucky not to have an ankle so sort of brace on him at the very least is, is our um, is our friend the pod Kelly Slater, who in a um, Insta story wrote, and I quote, and this is all written in capital letters, which didn't also help his cause. He was already in, a, in trouble for that violation. It says, "Wait, so some people want to abolish the police? Is that so that these idiots can take over and run the asylum? I wonder how safe young kids feel in these cities right now with the in." Um, Inverted comments, peaceful protesters blowing shit up. Police brutality and bad training is the problem, but anarchy ain't the answer. Feel free to go and to any country where the police are truly corrupt and bought up by the cartels and see your protesting goes. A lot like to unpick there, Paul. Um, but I just I'll just I'll just pick on one major threat. I think what Kelly's done um, in that quite frankly, awful caps-ridden diatribe was that he's mixing abolishing the police with defunding the police. We have the right to remain silent. Uh, I don't think anyone's sort of saying that we should get rid of police altogether. I think they're saying that the money that has been currently spent on the police force, especially in the UK, should be maybe allocated towards our services and various social causes that actually help stop crime prevent
0: it in the first place. Okay, yeah, Kenny, he is sort of flirting with custodial sentence. I think you're right. I don't have the ankle tag. I'm not sure if he could be trusted with that, if he'd be rehabilitated. This is probably a bit more up, uh, right up your street,
1: Paul. You might sort of empathise with this a bit more. It's something you've been sort of banging on about over the years but uh, again another respected and close friend of the pod uh, Aritz Aramburu the legendary um, bass surfer I did see on his Instagram that he was um, flying into Tahiti they would managed to uh, sort of Get, obviously, it's a French territory, so between France, it's, it's fine to travel. It was all okay legally, obviously. And they, they made the call, and I think it was him and Nacho Gonzalez and a few of their crew. They flew over there, and that was great. I was like, i oh, got on you guys, you're getting a yeah, Leo Copu. and Leo went as well. They went last week, didn't they? Yeah, as well. That's right. So they're over there. There's footage now of them getting absolutely piped. But then the next day, I saw Ritz's Instagram post, and I'll quote it said, Have commitment with these new blades from Wilkinson the eco green your first ecological razor made from recycled materials let's choose products that have more positive impact on the environment they just had a photo of like the packets of razor that's it like a product shot and paul we all should be trying to use recycled materials i get that i just think that given that this is uh wilkinson who I can't imagine the amount of plastic that they've produced over the last 25 years. Um, and then to, to do it on the back of flying to, literally, you could not get any further away from anywhere in the world. You couldn't perhaps create more CO2 in a single journey than flying from Europe to Tahiti. <laughs> to go surfing. I thought, was, I thought it was to go surfing. I thought the day after was a bit rich. And um. uh, I I think you. I mean, Paul. You can you can hand out the you can hand down the sentence here. I like to yeah. interested
2: to
0: hear what you think. Couple of points there. I mean, in mitigation, Wilkinson Sword have been involved in particularly UK surfing. I think they sponsored the Welsh Surfing Championships for about twenty years. So, big long term supporter of UK shredding. Um, I think it'd be interesting to work out, and I, I might even try and do it. How many sort of legs or armpits or chests or chins you'd have to shave? And make a sort of a, an alleged saving, I guess, on oil. Be interested to know that calculation as to you know how much shaving it'd have to do to make up a return flight to Tahiti. But I would I would suggest it would be in you know, the sort of millions of, of people. Um,
1: I would it, say I would say you need like geez. eight million. Shavings of my neck
0: beard. He's to, he's to quite, even come close He's quite hairy, Quite hairy legs. He's always had quite hairy legs for quite a short guy. That hence that slightly ewoky, the real friendly ewok kind of vibe. But he is quite hairy. Um, even when he was quite young, he, he was pretty hairy. But I would just say, in all seriousness, Ben, um, we can't recycle our way out of trouble. Uh, you can't consume your way out of trouble I mean we need to rethink the whole system without meaning to get too heavy in any of this but yeah recycling really is kind of sort of yeah basically you've had your fucking female artery severed and here's a little kind of bit of cotton wool you can maybe touch the sort of Pulsating wound that's spurting six foot of blood across the room. With it's, um, yeah, there's no recycling way out of trouble. That's essentially a call to more consuming, which is what's got us into this shit in the first place. So, yeah, no, he's, I'm sorry, but I think they've got a special jail, um, for the Basque prisoners, don't they? It's normally in Madrid or like as far as the Basque country as you can get. Uh, again, without meaning to get political, but they normally send them down to Seville or literally the other side of Spain. It's where they lock up the Basques and, to be honest, a Ritz. Great guy. I think you might be heading there, mate. It's for your own good.
1: Product placement <laughs> on Instagram is a really, is it's a part of the modern life and maybe we shouldn't pick it up too much, but some of the more glaring kind of examples I've seen, and it's um, another European surf star, uh, Federico Kikash Moraes. We have the right... Now I see Fred. He just posted a um. A po- he just put up a, a photo of him in his board shorts. Nothing else. Uh, just looking ripped. Let's be honest. He's got the six pack. He's got the he's got the wide hip bones. You know. He's he's been working out with with Doug Marsh, no doubt. and uh, looking looking fit as a fiddle and handsome as a, as a butcher's part. But then he just put himself next to a barbecue and he's he's basting a sort of a, a rib of beef on the barbecue. With sort of nothing else, I was like, "Well, that's that's just weird." I know for a fact that Fred can't cook. I mean, he hasn't cooked it, fucking to save his life. He's had people cook for him all his life. And I was like, "Well, he's, he's cooking on the bar. He doesn't cook normally. Why is he? Why is he effectively noob?" It was all a little bit weird. And then, hey ho, the very next day, he just posts a fucking picture of a Weber barbecue again, <laughs> the actual product shot just web a barbecue. I use this, it's great. And I was like, oh, fucking kick-ass, come on. you're going to take the 50 grand or whatever it is, at least be a bit subtle about it. And then we talked about how Mick Funning was in a bit of a sweet spot. Sure enough, he's, on, he's in, in on the barbecue game, Paul. You have the right to remain silent. On Father's Day, he's recently became a dad. Congratulations. He was like, just line up with the barbecue tongs with, I think it was a, um, what's his name? Um, Heston Blumenthal model barbecue and uh, he was just sitting there going yeah just barbecuing away with a blatant product shot and it, it actually came on the back of a an, I read an article he did in the Sydney Morning Herald where he said um, I've never defined success around money i never competed for money i competed because I want to compete if you've got enough money to feed your clothe your family and put a roof over your head that's successful in my eyes I was like yeah exactly Mick so um, yeah, yeah some product placement out there Paul some glaring unsubtle uh, grabs for cash uh, you're, you're nicked
0: so Slater Aram Buru Marais, and Fanning you're nicked oh. get your trousers on uh, okay that's it for social media police uh, there's been a lot of offending to be honest I I think we need to divert more funds towards social media police money because I I just think there's a a surge in this sort of crime and it's only going up and up. Um, I just would appeal against vigilantism. Uh, Just on that note, whatever side of the sort of political divide you are, I think you just need to really just report any offences into the proper authorities, let Constable Mundy deal with it. We don't want to see angry mobs out there, do we, lynching people for... Irresponsible Instagramming uh, in the small hours. No, leave it in the hands of the professionals. You're right, Paul. Okay, Monday. That's going to wrap things up. Great show, Pod Episode 19. It's been a cracker. I'm going to see your ass in a couple of weeks when you're down, um, down in Anglet, your former home. You, you, you're back in Anglet. The World Surf League's firing up again. Uh, fans of Evans and Monday and professional can catch us on WorldSurfLeague.com and tune in, tune into the webcast. Yeah,
1: that's right. Got Eleven sleeps, Paul. Eleven sleeps, and we'll be uh, in sponsoring our uh, our bubble down there in my spiritual home, home of the pro. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad, and yeah, looking forward to it. They're what board yoga. you bringing?
0: What you brought? You bringing? What's in the quiver?
1: I bring in the cabby anchors, mate. I bring in the the, the, the Medida models. I've got six four, six four, nineteen and a half. Six one, quite wide, and then I've got the sort of rounded pin, Six three, a bit bigger, bit, bit, bit more volume for those uh, cavalier drainers. <laughs> so, yeah, and You're I'm going bringing- to need to borrow um, a nine foot single fin for the first sort of couple of surf to get my um, so sort of, you know, get my feet back in. You're bringing two boards. You're going to bring one. You might as well bring two, isn't it?
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Interesting. I don't know, I don't know but will We'll see. I'll check the forecast, I suppose. We're um, we staying in a hotel down there. What's the plan? Yeah, I don't know.
0: yeah, yeah. No expense spare by the way. I was hoping I'd just stay at home and drive down for the one day that it's on, but I think we've got a bloody quarantine in the bubble in the hotel and have a nostril swab. I guess we'll be we'll be billeted down there in the Basque Country. Um, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to send us a tweet, Wavelength Mag. Drop us an email, editor at WavelengthMag.com. dot Send us a Facebook message. You can find us on Instagram as well. We'll look forward to broadcasting to the surf world live in a couple of weeks. We'll be back with another podcast in around about a month's time. I'm Paul Evans. Reminding you, as ever, to enjoy yourselves. It's late, and slate anything. Beth Bundy has a very important message.
2: I'd like to share with you now. Get a dog up, here. Yes. Mama was queen of the mongo. Papa was king of the Congo. Deep down in the jungle, I started banging my first bongo. Every monkey can like to be in my place instead of me because I'm the king of bongo, baby. I'm the king of bongo, bum. I went to the big town where there is a lot. see <laughs> it.